from Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we have our week in review, plus some news stories, and that's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, February 4th, 2022. 14 inches of snow later. Going out to shovel twice. I shoveled this morning. Only got four-fifths done. Then I had to run in the house, make some breakfast, and do this podcast. So hopefully, microphone can get out of the driveway. Uh, and got some sleep last night. I had a good nine hours. I told you, man. I was tired. I woke up at 2.30. Couldn't get back to bed. I laid in bed until like 5. And then I was like, I'm up for the day. Took a couple naps and watched Geostorm. Have you ever seen Geostorm? Look, I have a thing like for global disaster movies, you know, 2012, you know, that kind of thing where there's this like huge like tsunamis or like like Moonfall actually is coming out today. I'm, I want to see it. It's going to be horrible, but I'm going to see it. And this was the same. It was a horrible movie, but I, I had to I had to watch it. Actually, it's my second time. My girlfriend didn't see it. So I introduced her to a horrible movie. <laughs> anyway, let's get into those crypto prices so we can get into our week in review. And I'm recording this at 10.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is climbing up. Ooh, look at you. Climbing up toward the 40000 area. It's at $39,570, up 7.3% in 24. Ethereum's at $2,900, up 9%. Actually, I'm sorry, 9.8% in 24. Tether's number three. Binance Coin is at 382, up 4.2%. USDC's number five. Running off the top 10, we have Cardano, Solana, XRP, Terra Luna and Polkadot. Total market cap we're at 1.81 trillion, a BTC dominance of 41.3 and an F dominance of 19.1. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Moving into our week in review. I know you guys were expecting Scott Cipollina. He'll be back soon. I promise you. This week, we had some news about Disney. Bob Iger, the former CEO of Disney, hinted at the company's metaverse ambitions while predicting an explosion in NFTs. We forgot in our generation that things do not have to be physical, he said. They can be digital and they have meaning to people. And as long as that meaning can be easily substantiated in a blockchain, I think you're going to see an explosion of things being created, traded, collected in NFTs. When you think about all the copyright and trademarks characters Disney's has and NFT possibilities, they are extraordinary, he continued to say. I went on a platform called OpenSea, he said, which is a platform to buy and sell and trade NFTs. I was amazed by all the Disney stuff that was there, and most of it was pirated. 
Most of it was not created by people who have the, any right to create them. I think that something Disney's going to have to consider in the future, as it talks about creating in the metaverse, is to moderate and monitor that behavior. So he said that this week, which is pretty bullish on NFTs in the metaverse. Also, it shows that these companies are going to start looking at their IP and their copyrights to really figure out how to crack down on any kind of piracy and also really expand into that space. Only a couple of days later, Disney put out some job ads. They're looking for people that can help them develop in the NFT space. They're looking for a director to help Disney's efforts in the NFT space, including monitoring the evolving space, setting category strategies, and managing key partners. They're looking for a culture trend marketing manager that will be asked to focus on how Hulu's streaming service can break through into other spaces outside streaming, which include NFTs and the metaverse. They're looking for a sales and digital marketing manager who will be responsible for leading efforts in the emerging technologies, including NFTs. And of course, they're looking for some cheap labor and internships that are going to last until 2022. I'm sorry, through the summer of 2022. Now, I have to mention this before I get emails flooding my email box that there are Disney NFTs on Vivi. And you can go to Vivi and see NFT and Marvel and other copyrights and trademarks that are owned by the Disney company. And you can buy those NFTs there. This week has been a big week for crypto taxation around the world. For example, India. They plan to introduce a 30% tax on any income made on cryptocurrency with no deductions or exemptions. The Indian finance minister said no deduction in respect to any expenditure or allowance shall be allowed while computing such income-exempt costs of acquisition. Thailand, they also clarified some taxes. The Revenue Department has abandoned the plan to impose a 15% withholding tax on crypto transactions, according to the Financial Times. The news has been welcomed by crypto enthusiasts, obviously. And this is a move to try to get crypto tourism or crypto peeps to go into uh, Thailand and spend their crypto riches. Basically, they were hit by the pandemic. They're a big tourist-driven economy. And now they're trying to figure out ways to get money flowing into the country. Over in the United States, there's an IRS court case over crypto staking taxes. And so what happened was a couple sued the IRS after they were denied a refund request for taxes paid on Tezos staking rewards. After the lawsuit started, the IRS offered a refund. But the plaintiffs now want a more definitive ruling about crypto taxation. So this is going to move basically the IRS to start making frameworks so they understand, everybody understands, what does it mean to stake? What does it mean to collect interest? What does it mean if it just sits there? What does it mean if you cash out? How is it going to be counted? How you're going to file this? And this is actually a very, very needed process. And finally, moving over to the UK, the HMRC has set out a series of guiding principles for DeFi taxation. First, whether the return is received by the lender or liquidity provider is known at the time of the agreement is made. If it is known, this would indicate a revenue receipt, but if it's unknown, it would indicate a capital receipt. Second, if the return is realized through the disposal of capital asset, it indicates a capital receipt. In contrast, should the return be paid by the borrower DeFi lending platform to the lender liquidity provider, the return should be classified as a revenue receipt. Third, one-off payments are more likely to have a nature of capital, while reincurring payments are more likely to have the nature of income. Lastly, the HMRC cites whether the period of lending is fixed or indefinite, short or long-term, as another variable that determines the nature of the return. So, these are the new guidelines. So, if you're in the UK, reach out to your tax advisor, make sure that they understand this and that they tell you what it means as well. 
This week, there's a lot of rumors floating around that President Biden is going to issue an executive order on the state of cryptocurrencies as a matter of national security. Someone that's familiar with the White House's plan said that this plan is designed to look holistically at the digital assets and develop a set of policies that give coherency to what the government is trying to do in the space. Because digital assets don't stay in one country, it's necessary to work with other countries on synchronization. This executive order, which could be signed by Biden as soon as next month, would put the White House at the center of Washington's efforts to deal with cryptocurrencies. What does this mean? Where there's conversations on spaces all over the crypto space, just trying to figure out, is Biden going to come out bearish or bullish? He's going to, you know, follow the Elizabeth Warren and call everything about Bitcoin mining uh, bad for the environment and then ban mining? Is he going to ban stable coins? Is he going to push up or prop up the innovation and say, we're going to lead? We don't know. The most recent rumors say that President Biden more than likely is going to make an executive order just so the regulators can work closer with each other. And it's not going to be any big stand on the cryptocurrency space in general. More than likely, people have been rumoring, and I, I don't have any places to cite this, so this is also hearsay and rumor. This is all rumor. But Biden is probably going to come out and say, this agency and this agency and this agency, get your stuff together. Let's work it out. Let's figure out how to make regulations and basically just make an executive order to tie everyone together. That's not to say that there isn't bearish sentiment from regulators and people in Congress. We all know that Hillary Clinton warned about the rise of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, and it could undermine the U.S. dollar's reserve currency status. We know that Trump is pretty bearish on Bitcoin as well. He likes dollars. Interesting that Melania is making NFTs. We know that Senator Elizabeth Warren is very bearish on crypto mining in general, but we also have a lot of bullish people, me included, that are trying to make sure that regulations make sense for the space. Let's see what this executive order, if there's an executive order, comes out and says. But the latest rumors say that it's nothing more than consolidating the regulators together to get the job done. Grayscale came out this week with a new ETF. It's called the Future of Finance ETF, which is a basket of shares consisting of 22 companies, public companies, that are deeply committed to cryptocurrency. And those include payment firms such as PayPal and Block, formerly a Square, and Coinbase and Silvergate Capital. This fund does not contain shares of companies that hold cryptocurrencies like Tesla and MicroStrategy, but people who are in the business to move this space forward. Companies in this ETF would be Silvergate, PayPal, Coinbase, Block, Robinhood, Argo, BitFarms, Plus500, Hive Blockchain, and Northern Data. Chainalysis, a blockchain analytics platform, found significant evidence of wash training and money laundering in the emerging NFT market. As in the case of any new technology, they say, NFTs offer potential for abuse. It's important that our industry considers all the ways this new asset class can change how we link blockchain to the physical world. We also build products that make NFT investments as safe and secure as possible, Chainalysis said in a report. So wash trading is a form of market manipulation. So basically, you're trading with yourself for the most part, or people within an organization or within the same kind of ecosystem to either create false price, to kind of maybe launder money around, to create false volume. It happens actually more than people think. Well, in this report, one user, which is the most prolific wash trader, was found to have made 830 sales to addresses they have self-financed. They said this in the report. We identified 262 users who have sold an NFT to a self-finance address more than 25 times, basically taking their own NFTs and just kind of just washing it or recycling it within their own network of wallets with their own money. 
A total of 110 of these users have collectively made $8.9 million in profit from this activity. So why is this kind of important for an NFT? Well, it basically, how do you make a floor price? Well, you, the floor price of NFTs come from, or the price of NFTs comes from what people are willing to buy it for. And if you and maybe a group of people are taking whatever money you have and just buying and selling NFTs within your own ecosystem, your own wallets, basically with just buying and selling with yourself or with, you know, the group of people, then you are artificially making that price higher. People are looking at the volume that's being traded on those NFTs and they're saying, oh, wow, a lot of people want those. They must be very rare, very de desirable, but it's all basically fake volume and fake price or price manipulation. Not saying any of these NFTs are specifically doing this. I wouldn't know. Uh, this is not for me to do, but that's how maybe some of these NFTs went from, I don't know, a mint price of half an F that could be up to 50 F now by just buying and selling within their own group or with their selves to create an artificial price until somebody outside of the group or outside this process comes in and buys it for 50th, 100th, 1000th. This week saw a pretty big hack. Wormhole, a protocol that allows users to move their tokens and NFTs between Solana and Ethereum, confirmed that it suffered an exploit of 120,000 wrapped Ethereum worth over $320 million. They put out a tweet to tell everybody the timeline of what happened. Well, first, the contract was exploited for 120,000 F. Around six hours later, the vulnerability was patched. 12 hours after that, the F contract has been filled with all WF and they're backed one to one. And about 30 minutes after that, the porthole or token bridge is back up. They then tweeted, all funds have been restored and the wormhole is back up. We're deeply grateful for your support and thank you for your patience. A couple tweets in the comments after this, or a, com a couple comments to that tweet, were this. Jeff Garzik tweeted this in a comment. Where the funds to refill the bridge come from? Crypto Texan said, The F loss is being backstopped by some rich benefactors. Ronan Imperial.f said, Translation, We're already paying out millions per day to secure the Solana network. What's another $250 million between VCs to keep this gravy train running a little longer so we can milk out exit liquidity? Well, today we know where the F came from. Jump Trading Group, which has a stake in Wormhole's development, took credit for replacing the 120,000 Ethereum taken. They tweeted this, Jump Crypto HQ believes in a multi-chain future and that Wormhole Crypto is essential infrastructure. That is why we replaced 120,000 F to make the community members whole and support Wormhole now as it continues to develop. We're builders, partners, and traders who take long-term view of crypto's prospects and operate to unlock the full potential of open, community-driven networks. And briefly, let's move into some new news. Manchester United is set to unveil a multi-year sponsorship deal with crypto network Tezos, said The Atlantic. Both parties have reportedly agreed to a deal worth over $27 million per year. And Tezos will be featured on the football club's training kit. In the same vein of sports, but moving over to the U.S., attendees of Super Bowl 56 will receive a souvenir NFT along with their ticket as part of a partnership between the NFL and Ticketmaster. The NFT will be marked with the fans' unique section, row, and seat, according to the press release. For the first time, the NFL is issuing NFTs as a digital keepsake, but is evaluating the space for future ticket and event engagement opportunities. And this next part is actually very interesting. Senior Vice President of Club Business Development, Bobby Gallo, said that collecting ticket stubs has always been something our fans love to do, especially for a season's biggest games. And offering customized Super Bowl NFTs allows us to enhance the game day experience. I never thought about that. Everybody, at least I do, I have ticket stubs from the Cleveland Indians games to Browns games to Cavs games, you know, in my collectibles. 
I don't just for nostalgia purposes. And it's just like I went to that game with my dad or I went to that game with my brother or I went to that game with, you know, what I'm saying I never thought about ticket stubs in NFT forms as a kind of collectible. And I think that's really a cool idea. I wonder if there's a way to kind of match your like maybe personal pictures or nostalgia with those stubs in the same NFT. Hmm. Did I just give you guys an idea? And if I'll reach out to me, I have ideas for days. And this was your weekend review. I'll be back tomorrow with our weekend update. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.